0: Hey, it's Tony and Jenny Bruski from Real Ghost Stories Online. We absolutely love giving you the show every single day, Monday through Friday, for free. But uh, it's not free to produce, and if you'd like to keep the show on the air, we ask for your support and become an EPP.
1: When you become an EPP, you get more than 23 bonus episodes of the show to listen to.
0: These are exclusive episodes that are only available to our EPPs, with some of the Best stories we've ever gotten on them.
1: Please help keep Real Ghost Stories Online on the air.
0: And become an EPP today, an extra podcast person on the website RealGhostStoriesOnline.com. It's only five bucks a month. You get all the extras and the knowledge that you are keeping this show going. Please and thank you.
2: Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your Real Ghost Story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You're about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online.
0: And on today's show, could anger over the tragic death of a loved one lead to something sinister visiting in the middle of the night? A deceased uncle who never got to meet his nephew makes a surprise visit and confirms to a family that he is still there. Some friends share such a bond in life that the bond may carry over into death, too. And can the same demon plague a family for generation after generation? Those stories, your calls, and more today on Real Ghost Stories Online. Tony and Jenny Bruschi joining you once again. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm
1: great. How are you?
0: I have water that surprisingly kind of tastes like decaf coffee now. It's uh, interesting how that... Uh,
1: well, Thanks for here. letting me borrow your straw to stir my coffee. I appreciate that.
0: Hey, it works. Yeah. It's funny, with that coffee machine, you do have to stir everything. Yeah, you do. Very, very strong. We, we usually have coffee during the show, so... I have water today, though. <laughs> Trying to... Uh, get the, uh, the allergy system flowing through my body so I can breathe uh, through my nose again. It'd be wonderful to have that uh, have that happen. <laughs> I said I kind of feel like a cat, like in the middle of summer when it's, really hot, when it's really hot. And they just kind of sit there with their mouth open. My cats always did that. Because I'm sitting here throughout the day with my mouth open, and Jen's looking at me like, are you okay? Are you okay? <laughs> like, like, yeah, I just yeah, can't breathe.
1: <laughs> I, I've had cats for about 25 years, and I've never seen a cat do that.
0: Maybe the Texas cats are just so accustomed to heat that they don't do that because they're just used to it and the northern cats are just like what the hell is this could be and they're just you know they're not used to that sort of a a setting but yeah my cats would always they they, pant and it looks bizarre in a cat because normally cats don't pant all that much but in summer they do and it just looks kind of funny with the cat sitting there with its tongue kind of hanging out Yeah, it's great fun uh, 855-853-4802 is the uh, phone number to call in to uh, us here at Real Ghost Stories Online of course you can also write it on the website realghoststoriesonline.com we would love to hear your real ghost story uh, so lots of ways for you to get them to us and I'll remind you please consider supporting the show and becoming an EPP we need you guys to become those if you're not already one uh, that uh, will help keep the show going far into the future without our EPPs Uh, It could not continue because uh, there's a lot of costs with uh, keeping this show alive. So uh, please consider only five bucks a month to get uh, 30 bonus episodes right off the bat and a brand new one every single week. So check that out. Let's kick off the show today with a letter from Alyssa. Alyssa writes in, "Hi Tony, I just discovered your show. I listen to your show every day at work. I used to be used to be uh, heavily into researching the occult and paranormal as a teenager, but within recent years, having become a Christian, and although I no longer look into the occult much anymore, I still have an interest in paranormal stories. I have a few stories of my own experiences with ghost or odd, unexplained encounters that I plan to call in and share." However, I'll share a short story that my grandmother says happened to her and her sisters. The story has always stuck with me because knowing my grandmother, she isn't into ghost stories or anything relating to the paranormal. I'll never forget the day she shared the following with me. Before my grandmother was married, she lived with her mother and two of her sisters. One of her sisters was dating a young man who was in the military and she was deeply in love with. One day, after receiving news that he was killed during the war, she blamed God and cursed out to him for taking her true love away. That night before bed, during their nightly prayers, she denounced her faith and said she would turn to the devil instead of, instead, and proceeded to call out to him. Later that night, around midnight, my grandmother and her sisters were in the room that they shared. When they were awoken by a loud knock at the door, Afraid to open it, they called out to their mother. My great-grandmother opened the door, and a tall man dressed in a military uniform stood before her. My grandmother and her sisters were listening and peeking out of their bedroom window, which faced the front of the house with a slight view of the front porch. They saw the man standing there, and then he started to walk away. As they looked to see him fully, they noticed he had no feet, and before they could say anything, he vanished. When they asked who the man was, my great-grandmother said the man had deep, dark red eyes and asked for Irene, my grandmother's sister, who earlier that night had blamed God for her boyfriend being killed. My great-grandmother said to the man that she wasn't home and closed the door in fear. They all couldn't understand what had just happened and came up with the conclusion that it must have been the devil coming to see my grandmother's sister who called out for him. Ironically enough, my grandmother has since become a widow and now lives with the other sister who was there that night. Her sister Irene has since died. Thanks, Alyssa.
1: Yeah, I don't think that was a good thing. If it didn't have feet and it masked itself to look like somebody that would be non-threatening, you know, or somebody that you would associate at that time with safety, like a soldier.
0: Mm hmm. Do you think that this actually happened, or do you think this is a cautionary tale told by the grandmother?
1: I thought of that, too, but she said her grandmother's not one to really believe in the paranormal. Okay. So that would be kind of, in this case, far-fetched for the grandma to say something like that. But I do see that being a good type of cautionary tale to pass down.
0: Yeah, where she was so concerned about her daughter, you you know, calling out to the devil and... Wanting that to never happen with her grandchildren that she tells, you know, half of the story being true, mm-hmm. meaning you know, the, the love died and then the, the daughter said those things. And, and then maybe the grandmother embellished later to create a cautionary tale. But you got a point there with her not being into that. It seems kind of if she doesn't put much weight on that, why would she be so concerned to tell such a cautionary tale?
1: Yeah, I think it just depends on the grandmother if the if that was the grandmother's style or not.
0: Yeah, did you ever were you ever told any cautionary tales that you knew were complete BS?
1: Not so much. I mean, my mom. I I still to this day bite my nails. It's an anxious, nervous habit. But mm-hmm. my, I remember my mom telling me that my nails were poison. If I didn't stop biting them, that they were going to poison me. <laughs> <laughs> And I thought, well, it hasn't killed me yet. So I kept on, Uh-huh. but I get trying to stop a bad habit out of, you know, using a fear tactic like that. Poison. And my mom didn't tell me a lot of stuff like that, mm-hmm. but I think it got to the point where I'd bite them until they bled and that was becoming a problem and they always looked horrible.
0: Okay. I, the only one I can recall was you know, if you do that, your face will stick that way. You know, the, the typical one that right. my parents say, and it never really works ever. But somehow they keep doing it from generation to generation. And it just I don't know. I I don't know why that that one continues on, because it clearly never works with any generation Uh ever. Uh But for some reason, parents still do it and they still use that one with no proven results. It is the definition of insanity. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: I, I don't. I don't understand that.
1: There's a cute part in the movie Liar Liar where he's talking to his son, and he, at this point he can't lie. And the son asks, "If my, if I make faces, will my face stick like that?" And uh-huh. Jim Carrey says, "No." It won't. And not only that, some people make a good living that way.
0: <laughs> I, uh, I always wondered if, because uh, the other one I, I heard was, you know, if you cross your eyes, uh-huh. that your eyes could stick that way. And then I always assumed that uh, in, in elementary school and, you know, junior high and even high school a little bit, that I wonder if those kids at some point were sticking their eyes together, as the, you the were cross-eyed, and if that was why that happened. I don't, I don't know that that can actually happen. Can that happen?
1: I don't know. To this
0: day, this is still kind of eluding me. But here's
1: my my thinking on that. They do exercises to retrain and sure. strengthen eye muscles to yeah. try and overcome things yeah. where eyes want to do that. Sure, sure. So I would think if you did it enough, it would start... To train the muscle to do that.
0: If you did it, in the, yeah. So, that, so essentially you could train it to do the wrong thing, to go in the wrong direction.
1: That's what my logic says Just in as, the fact that you can mm-hmm. train an eye to not do that. Sure.
0: I always kind of wondered that. So... I don't know the answer to that question. I am not making fun of any of those no. people. I'm just curious. I really don't know.
1: That's my best guess. Not having ever looked into it,
0: and that's but. one. It's one that I was told as a child, and honestly, to this day, I still don't know the the correct. Could that actually happen? I just I not sp- do it. Suppose it would take a lot. I could never do it.
1: You can't cross your eyes. Not.
0: No. I, I don't even. I. Anytime I try to, excuse me, I had. I'm not even going to try it. Okay. No. I. I, just, I
1: did not know that.
0: I also cannot uh, roll my tongue, but that's a genetic thing. Yeah. That or, is. or or curl your tongue. I can't do that. And it's a very small part of the population that can't, it's like 2%. I am in the 2%. That can't? Can't, yeah. I don't know why. Lynn writes when I was a senior in high school in 1992, we took a family trip to a very small town in Southwest Texas at Christmas. This included my mom, my stepdad, my sister, and little brother. We went to visit my stepdad's family, whom we had never met before. My little brother was 13 months old. During my mother's pregnancy with him, my stepdad's brother was so excited about the arrival of my brother, he'd write letters and tell my stepdad how excited he was and could not wait to meet him. During this time, my stepdad's brother was very ill, so much that he passed before my brother was born. Back to the trip. We drove straight through from Michigan to Texas. Once we got to town, his family. Uh, once we got to the town his family lived in, it was very late, and we went straight to the hotel and checked in. We went to sleep shortly thereafter. My mom and stepdad in one bed, my sister and little brother and me, uh, in bed with me. This is where things began to get confusing for me because I don't know if I was awake, sleeping, or what. But I remember seeing a beam of white light, no bigger than a quarter, on the wall behind my bed. It felt like this light was focused on my little brother, not shining on him, but there because of him. I don't really know how to explain this other than I was just feeling, uh, just it was just a feeling I was getting. I don't remember being afraid, but again, I am still confused, awake or asleep. The next morning, I told this to my mom and stepdad. I also told them I dreamt that I was supposed to tell them about a picture and a, a playboy bunny. My stepdad's face dropped and he and my mom went into the other area of our room to talk. My mom returned and said she wanted me to tell my stepdad's parents about this. When we finally got to his family's house, my mom told her mother-in-law that she wanted me to tell her about my dream. I told her about the light, the picture, and the Playboy Bunny. She started crying and went to the other room. When she returned, she had a picture of my stepdad's deceased brother. He was wearing a sweater with a Playboy bunny uh, stitched onto it near the collar. She told me she believed that that was her son that visited us that night because he he so badly wanted to meet my brother. She was so happy and told me this was the best present she had received. She told so many family members about this and they all seemed to be so happy. I never met this person before. Why would I pick up on such things I knew nothing of? I'm still unsure we'd extended our stay in Texas a few days but my parents had only a budget for a certain amount of days at the hotel they decided we would stay at my stepdad's parents house did I mention this previously uh, had been a funeral home yes needless to say I was very scared and did not want to stay but I was 17 and didn't really have a say our first night there was New Year's Eve and the adults decided to go to a New Year's Eve party, leaving me at the house with just my sister and brother. Our room that we stayed in was my stepdad's brother's room before we had moved out. I lay in bed at night with my siblings, scared to death. Listening to every creak in the house, I felt like there was something bad outside the room. And as terrified as I was, I didn't feel like it could come into that room, as if the doorway was a threshold that was protecting me. I still haven't forgiven my parents for leaving me there that night. I've had several other experiences since that time in a couple different houses that I lived in. I'd like to share those later if interested. Listening to your feedback on other stories has me wondering more about my own experiences. I hope to hear my story on your show and would love to hear your thoughts.
1: I think you were at the perfect age, and because you hadn't met him and hadn't seen the picture, you were the perfect person to relay the message, because it means more. If the stepdad had dreamt about his brother, you know, he, I'm sure, had seen the picture, and and he would have just brushed it off as a dream. And, you know, probably the mom was to the age where, you know, if you didn't kind of have an interest in paranormal things you would just brush it off as a weird dream Mm -hmm. but she was the perfect age and would be the only one to not know so it kind of validated that he did visit
0: i completely agree I'm just happy. I didn't know where the story was going there uh-huh. for a minute. And where it said, said the, the grandmother went to the other room and brought a picture back out. I'm like, oh, God, is the grandma going to come out like, here's me when I was a Playboy Body back in
1: 1942. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, grandma, look at that rack. Oh, wow. That's <laughs>
0: Disturbing. Great.
1: But it was clean. Yes, we it was. We didn't go there.
0: It wasn't. I actually waited till after the story to share my... <laughs> Scared thoughts of what was going to happen.
1: Uh, Yeah.
0: But uh, that was interesting. But I think you're ex- I think you're spot on with what it was. And she was the perfect conduit, if you will, mm-hmm. for relaying that message, uh, because I th- you're right. Almost any other person who just been brushed off or probably never would have even been spoken out loud. It was just it's around the holidays. You're thinking of your family and ones who aren't there anymore. And it's logical to have a dream about a deceased loved one. Sure. And if it ties into a picture you've seen before. OK, then. Yeah. But for having never seen it, never known about it. Yeah. There's certainly a connection there. So, Very, very interesting story. Thanks for sharing, and we would love to hear uh, more of your stories. The number is 855-853-4802. If you haven't already done so, please press subscribe. Whatever platform it is you listen to us on, that way you won't miss any of our episodes. We're out there on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, and many other podcast options if you're listening to us on dark matter radio you can uh, subscribe to our show as well through those other outlets and check out our back archive of shows uh, as well and uh, we welcome you if you are just discovering our show for the first time hundreds of episodes out there for your enjoyment so check it out uh emma writes in hi i wrote in a few weeks ago about the possible ghost in the pub in york england And a little bit about the history of York. This is my Nan's story, but I'm sure she wouldn't mind me sharing it and getting your thoughts. My Nan, Grandma, not sure if you use Nan in the U.S., had a friend who owned the local shop. They had known each other since school, but by this time they were in their late 60s and had remained close all that time. The friend was unfortunately diagnosed with a particularly aggressive form of cancer. She went from being a strong woman to a tiny, suffering old lady in the space of just a few months. Even though her husband was at home with her and she had many friends who would visit often, especially my nan, it was decided that she had deteriorated enough that she needed to go into a hospice. My nan went to visit as often as possible and spent many hours with her. One night my nan was in bed and had a half awake half asleep sleepwalking dream in the dream she couldn't find her wedding ring anywhere she emptied the bed of all the duvets and pillows and searched drawers and even pried up the edge of the carpet but to no avail she awoke and found that she could not find her ring in the awakened state either she ended up sitting on the bed crying convinced that someone must have come in and stolen it as the sun came up she noticed gold on the bedside cabinet glinting as she saw her ring just sitting there. She chastised herself for being so silly and getting in such a state over nothing. Later that day she had a phone call from the hospice where her friend was. The nurse on the phone said that her friend passed peacefully. The only problem being that she desperately wanted to put her wedding ring on, but her hand had swollen from the arthritis she had suffered from in recent years, and she only settled down and passed in her sleep when the nurse slipped the ring on with a little dish soap in order to calm her. I don't know if it was because they had such a big connection or what, but we all had goosebumps. Thanks for reading my story, Emma.
1: I think it's a connection, um... A lot of times, if you're really close with somebody, you can kind of just almost get in sync with them. And that's about the only way I can describe it. My, Go ahead. I was going to say, my mom and I are like that. And a lot of times, if we meet each other someplace... We are like the biggest dorks ever because... Or we look like the biggest dorks ever because we will have ended up wearing the same color or similar style outfits.
0: And it's usually matching jogging suits. No. Which is the funny part.
1: It's not, kind of usually but...
0: Usually red, white, and blue with kitties embroidered.
1: <laughs> it just looks like... We, we called each other and we plan to wear the same thing. And it's just you can get in sync with somebody. So I think with the friend wanting her ring and feeling as upset as she was that um, the author that wrote in her grandmother felt that same connection and felt that almost that pain and that fear of where's my ring?
0: Yeah. And it's interesting because it, I, I, it can certainly happen between people who are not blood relatives either. Yeah, you know, I think that's that's an interesting part for this story because they weren't they were just friends. You know? Sure, it doesn't always have to be that you know that sister or that brother or, or you know whatever it may be. It can just be someone you're really close with and have that that connection. Those people obviously do exist out there. So, very interesting story. Thank you for uh, for sharing that with us. Eight five five eight five three forty eight zero two is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online. You can also write in on the website Real dot. And if you like the show, please leave a positive review, maybe some stars out there on iTunes or Stitcher. The positive feedback helps others find the show and it helps us uh, grow a bigger and better community. So consider doing that out there on iTunes or Stitcher. Um, like I said, it really does help us quite a bit. Jana writes in I have a few stories to share, but thought I would start off with these two short experiences. I was home with my two children, ages around one and four years. My husband has times that he travels on business. One day, while he was away, I decided to go visit my mother, who lives an hour drive away. We left at about 10 a.m. and didn't arrive home until 9 p.m. When I arrived home, every light in my house was on, including my back porch. I do not like artificial light during the day. I never have lights on in the house until at least 4 p.m. Of course, telling my husband, he says I must have left them on before I left. There's no way that I would have turned them on and my kids weren't even tall enough to reach the light switch. I called my brother to see if he had come over at all and he said no. I was just left shaking over the situation. I had a cleaning lady at the time that was somewhat into the paranormal. I told her what happened and she just replied, that's just your ghost looking after you. This is unrelated to the first story, but skip forward about 10 years. My son one day became pale. I talked to him about how he was feeling, and he said a little tired. I told him I was afraid he may be coming down with something. A couple of days later, I rushed him to the emergency room when his stomach flu symptoms took a horrible turn. He was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, and we weren't even sure he would survive the transport to another hospital. Type 1 diabetes is an autoimmune disorder that prevents the pancreas from producing insulin to break down carbohydrates or sugar into energy. Diet does not cause it, nor can it it cure it, just an FYI. My son responded well from treatment and was released from PICU to general care the next day. After this horrible, emotional, long night, my son was sleeping. I was browsing my Facebook page to see what was happening in the normal part of my life. My neighborhood has a community Facebook page, so we all know what's up in our neck of the woods. Someone posted that they were new to the neighborhood and wondering if there were any other T1Ds in our schools. I didn't know what this meant, but after reading the comments, I realized this was now me. T1D is type 1 diabetic. I was torn whether to answer since it was my neighborhood Facebook page. I'm a fairly private person, but how crazy was it that I was in the hospital right now for this? I did respond back telling of my situation and was immediately set up with a link to a support and education group. This beautiful lady that I call my guardian angel have been friends since. I know this isn't necessarily paranormal, but an energetic cry for help that brought her to help us. Whatever made it happen, it was a blessing in our lives.
1: I think sometimes all you can say is things are meant to be or they happen for a reason.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting. I think there is a twinge of the paranormal yeah. in there where there's something kind of guiding that. I wonder that when we have all the, you know, you know how sometimes, not sometimes, almost every day or almost every week where we you put together the stories of the uh-huh. show and they're somewhat themed yeah, and they just happen to come in that way, in that sequential order. Mm-hmm. Um, I always, I kind of wonder sometimes if... There's a reason for that that we never really know, but it's there's some listener out there that's needing to hear a couple stories of validation to something similar in their life. Yeah. Where they happen to tune in and then the show happens to have two or three stories of a similar nature to it that's going to help them get through something. If that's the reason for that happening on our show so frequently. Since a lot of people I know end up tuning into our show out of either curiosity because they like the topic or because there's something happening in their lives paranormally and they're looking for information. Mm -hmm.
1: No, I agree. And when I do find that happening, I go with it. I feel like it's the direction we're supposed to go with that episode. So I don't, I mean, I'd like to say and take all the credit for planning out (laughs) themed episodes, but it doesn't happen that way. It just happens organically. So I just go with it.
0: I've always wondered if that was kind of a the reason. Because there doesn't seem to be much of a rhyme or reason to it, other than just, here's four stories that come in back to back from different people with a similar topic.
1: Right. And it, I separate that out as different than we when we put out a request for stories. Like we had an episode sure. where we asked for stories from hospitals. Mm-hmm. You know, that's different when we've asked for something. Most of the time what we're talking about is things that just come into us You know, just at random and all together.
0: Yeah, it's odd how frequent that that happens. Uh, Gabriella writes in. Oh, man, I'm sorry to introduce myself in my earlier stories. My name is Gabriella. I'm 23 years old and I'm from Texas. I'm a big fan of your show and I'm always excited when a new episode comes on. The main reason I've told you my stories is because I would really like your professional opinion on what's going on. I have tried to figure it out all my life, but I've come to no conclusion. Growing up and still now, I always had my run-ins with the supernatural. Sometimes I feel it is a curse, then a gift. I always tell my twin sister and my mom my experiences, and they tell me theirs. Now, if I'm correct, it might be generational. Yet my little sister and other siblings don't seem to have this except my mother, twin sister, and I. Okay, so my great-grandmother could feel and see into the supernatural. It skipped a generation. Now, the creepy thing is that before my great-grandmother died, she said that my grandma would be pregnant with a girl and that she would be just like her. To my grandparents' surprise, my grandmother was pregnant and had a girl, which is my mom. My mom says that she had her run-ins as well. Is what I'm suspecting correct? Please tell me your opinion. I know this is getting lengthy, but bear with me. Well, I'd like to tell you one more of my most recent experiences. Here it goes. I went to bed like any other day, right? Totally normal, nothing suspicious. I went to bed and had the strangest dream. In my dream, my mom and dad came to me while I was on a walk. They told me that they needed me to come home and cast out a demon in the house that was bothering my little sister. So I, being the overprotective sister that I am, ran to the house as fast as my feet could carry me, got to the house, and I was standing in the living room, and my parents and little sister were there. My dad was on the far right, and my mom and little sister were on the far left. All of a sudden, this man in an all-black suit and nicely cut straight black hair that draped over his face appeared next to me. He was very tall, pale, and slim as well. He leaned in and lifted the hair away from my ear. I could feel each puff of air as he spoke on my neck. He asked me, very cocky-like, while looking around the room, and stopping and gazed at my dad, saying, Do you know where your dad will spend all eternity? I told him that I know what you're trying to say. Then he spoke again, confirming my suspicion. I'm a demon, and he will spend eternity apart from you. He was flashing his cocky smile. I knew he was a demon because of the energy he gave off. I was not scared of him because by now I was used to them. I was used to everything supernatural. So, in my dream, my dad was wearing a red shirt with blue jeans and his Florida hat. Now, why am I telling you what he was wearing? This is very important. It will add up. Just hang on. I woke up and my blanket was on the other side of the room. So, I knew it was what I suspected. It wasn't the first time this happened. The last time this happened, a different entity appeared to me in a dream. And when I woke up, two dead birds were dead outside the glass door with the blood smeared on the glass. So based on the past experience, I knew I had to take it seriously. As soon as my mom woke up, I told her everything about my dream and the man in black. She was freaked out. Not because of the dream, but about the man in black. Especially when I described him. She asked me, how do you know about the man in black? I told her. Why are you freaking out like this? I was so confused by her reaction. Apparently this man in black has been haunting my stepdad's family since my grandfather. This man appeared to my stepfather's father and tried to strike a deal with him. The deal was to dig up his bones and give him a proper burial. If he did it, he'd lead him to treasure. Now my stepfather's father never did it and that man has been haunting them since. Now, my stepfather's father, in, in in his old age, still speaks to this man in black. This man was a fa- family secret kept amongst the older folk in the family. I was freaked out because I had an encounter with this being, which I knew was a demon. He gave off the presence just like the others. My mom told me to tell my stepfather as soon as he got home from work. I waited till he got home, and then... He made me wait because he had to take a bath, so I waited some more. He got dressed, came out of his room, and this is where my mom and I flipped out. He was wearing the same outfit and hat that he was wearing in my dream. I calmed myself down and told my dad everything about the dream and the man in black. I think what scared him the most was when I described what he was wearing in my dream. I also told my dad that it was no man and that it was a demon and to be careful. Usually my stepfather is not the type to get frightened about the supernatural because he's more of a skeptic. Yet at that moment, I saw fear in his eyes for the first time, and even more fear when my little sister told my dad something even scarier. My nephew had come to our house a couple of weeks before all this happened to have a sleepover. He slept in my little sister's room. Now my little sister woke up around four in the morning and saw my nephew staring at the wall where the closet is. She asked him why he was up and what he was staring at. He said the man in black won't stop looking at me. When my little sister told my stepfather this, he looked even more frightened. Since then, my stepdad has been cautious and always looking over his shoulder. I don't know what is going on, honestly, but it seems the older I get, the more things I experience. So really, I would love your professional opinion. Thanks for taking the time to read my story. P.S. I love your show. Keep up the awesome work.
1: I don't know that it has as much to do with you getting older as you're getting more practiced in paying attention to these things. It's like a skill like anything else. Um, Do you think an exorcism would get rid of a demon that's haunting for that many generations since it doesn't seem to be sticking around? It just pops in be, to like rear its head.
0: I want to know what the what the reason is behind it. Why is it there in the first place?
1: Apparently somebody, you know, like the stepfather's grandfather made a deal or was supposed to make a deal and yeah. it didn't go through. But I don't know why the deal was made.
0: That's what I'm wondering. Like what is, I remember that part, but I'm wondering why, what's the purpose here? I don't know. Leading to treasure, leading to uh, very odd yeah. There's, there's. I don't know. Um, I, I, I don't know. I think. I mean, the the first step, obviously, in trying to to deal with this is to uh, have the family members who are still actively trying to open up those lines of communication to stop. Because I mean, it, it, she said in there that there was the grandfather that still actively talks to this thing.
1: I don't know that he talks to it or if he talks just, about it.
0: Okay. I, I, don't, I, I don't know. It's, there's a lot of people involved here. I think everyone has to get on the same page as far as what their, their course of action is to, to rid this thing. Because I don't think one person can rid it. No. I think it's going to, it's going from person to person to person, and all of them have to essentially rebuke the thing in some way, shape, or form, whether that be an exorcism, I don't know, or whatever the case may be. But it's just going to keep jumping from person to person to person because it's, it's like in the circle of this family, and it's feeding off of all these people.
1: Well, what I find interesting about it, and that's why I wondered if an exorcism was even necessary, is the fact that it's not trying to infest you know, it's just there. It just kind of shows up. And it's had several generations where if it was going to possess somebody and take over, it would have.
0: Well, yes, I wonder how much damage it has done, though, without them even knowing it.
1: True. Yeah.
0: You know, if it has led people to make poor decisions, wrong decisions, bad decisions, dark decisions, whatever it may be, um, without ever, you know... Essentially, it being attributed to that, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I could see if you really dug deep, there's more to it because this thing's been around for a while. I think there's something. I don't know. I, I almost really wonder if if one person in this chain is somehow communicating or summoning this, or there's something that that our writer does not know. Yeah. About, I mean, I, I'd love to to know more about that origination of this thing sure why what's the story other than i made a deal with the devil you know why did they make the deal mm-hmm. what was the point well how did this all begin i think that may need to be discovered for this to be ended okay that's just my my guess there if you will Eight five five eight five three forty eight zero two is our phone number at real ghost stories online or you can write it on the website real ghost stories com. uh hi
2: Hey guys, this is Paul from Wisconsin. I just started listening to your show about a week ago. Um, I drive trucks, so I ended up listening to quite a few episodes uh, while I've been driving. But uh, I thought I would uh, share my little experience. I don't know if it qualifies as a ghost story necessarily, but it definitely falls into the paranormal category. I'll let you guys decide. I'll be interested to hear what you think. Um, I've got two boys, um, and uh, at the time, they were at the ages of three and five. Uh, the younger one uh, was Alex. He's the one we're going to be focusing on. Um, they went to this streak for a while there where they would wake up in the middle of the night, and they had no concept of time. They didn't know that, hey, it's dark outside. Maybe I should go back to sleep. Their first thought was, hey, let's go get Mom and Dad up and get breakfast. And so they'd fallen into this habit of on almost a nightly basis waking up at, like, two, three in the morning and running into our room and we'd have to put him back in the bed. it had kind of become a common thing. And uh, so uh, Alex, uh, since he was three, he was uh, still attached to his pacifier. He still in his diapers, um, barely talking. Um, but he was usually the one who was most apt to get up. So uh, anyway, um, I'm a really sound sleeper. And so there were a few nights where I would just come to the surface enough to hear my wife saying, Alex, it's not time to get up yet. You need to go back to bed. And then there would be this pause, and she'd just lay back down. She didn't really say anything. And you know, in the morning, she'd say, you know, I keep hearing Alex, but there's nothing there. And I put it off to, well, you know, Middle of the night, you hear things or see things because you're tired. I've had that happen to me. Um, So that's what I wrote it off at. Well, um, one night I woke up and I heard little feet coming into our room, and I could tell by the footfall, the weight behind the footfalls, that it was very likely Alex. I could hear his pajama pants brushing against each other, you know, the, the legs of the pajama pants brushing against each other as his legs moved um, and I could hear him sucking on his pacifier and the sound came right up to my side of the bed and so I didn't even I didn't even sit up barely opened my eyes I said Alex go back to bed okay it's not not time to get up yet and I heard the footsteps turn around walk out the door and at the time we lived in a trailer home so our bedroom was at the far end back end of the of the trailer and there was a little uh, hallway that ran crossways across the trailer where we had the uh, clothes washer and clothes dryer and then it went out into the kitchen and all of that floor was like a laminate hardwood floor. And so I heard him walk out of our room. I heard his footsteps go through that hallway into the kitchen and like halfway through the kitchen and stop. There was nothing. And I thought, I wonder if he's going to get into something, or maybe he got confused in the dark. I didn't know. So I got myself out of bed, and I went out there, turned on the light. There was nothing. And so I went through the house looking for him, nothing. I finally got to the boys' room, so I opened up the door, left the hallway light on so I could see, and uh, Alex was in bed, and he was sound asleep. His mouth was open. He was drooling on his pillow. He'd been there for quite some time. He hadn't moved. So I went back to bed and my wife said, was he in bed? And I said, yeah. And she said, that's what's been happening to me. Uh, a few nights later, um, a similar thing happened. I heard him come up to the bedroom door and without even thinking that it might be this weird occurrence. I said, Alex, it's not time to get up. You got to go back to bed. There was nothing. And so I got up, went out there and sure enough, he wasn't there. Um, and I, I went ahead and checked his bed, and sure enough, he was found asleep. Um, so this kind of happened on and off for a while, and we were kind of getting weirded out. Um, we aren't necessarily uh, you know, superstitious or anything. You know, we, we tend to take a scientific view of these things, so it didn't necessarily scare us, but um, it was weird. Um, finally, one night, my wife went to a meeting. Um, she came back somewhere around 10 at night. I was at home with the kids, and um, she came through the door, and she was she was like she couldn't get in the door fast enough. She slammed the door, locked it, and she came up to me and gave me a big hug. She said, I am freaked out right now. I said, well, what's going on? She said, I was on my way home, and as soon as I got in the car and started rolling, I heard Alex in his car seat right behind me paging through a book, and sucking on his pacifier. She said, it was real. It was so real. She said, I didn't want to look back there. And it kept on the whole time I was driving home. She was, she probably had like a 10-minute drive home. And she she was so scared. She didn't want to look back there. She got out of the van, slammed the door, and got into the house as fast as she could. And uh, she said, it was Alex. I know that sound. It was Alex. It was in his seat. It was his pacifier. I know it was him. So there were those weird instances. And we noticed that Alex was very, uh, he had a great deal of empathy toward people. It was like he could feel what other people were feeling. Um, One time he went to a funeral um, with us. It was for the relative of a friend of ours, so it wasn't somebody we necessarily knew all that well. And so we were sitting there in the funeral, and Alex just started crying. And it wasn't a bawling loud cry. It was just, the tears were coming down. And he just cuddled into, I think uh, my wife was holding him. He just kind of cuddled into her and, and he didn't stop until we left. He just felt, it was like he felt the overall sadness in the, in the atmosphere at this funeral and it was affecting him that much. He was feeling what everybody else was feeling. Um, and then there was another case where Alex was playing inside And I was outside with uh, our youngest, uh, our little girl. And she tripped and fell and hit her head on some concrete. And it wasn't anything major. She had a little bit of an egg on her head. And uh, so I'm comforting her. And then Alex comes running out of the house, holding his head and crying. His hand was exactly on his forehead, right where his sister had bumped her head. Um, it was. There were some very strange cases that went on during uh, the time we were in this house. Um, we moved about. We moved to another house about 15 minutes away um, about eight months ago, and there was like one case where we thought we heard out come into our room, but after that, that was it. It was like there's something about that house that really brought out that feature of our son. So um, I don't know. I'm I'm interested to hear what you guys think. Um, We haven't had any more uh, incidents like that uh, since, but um, it certainly is intriguing to me, and I'd just like to hear what you guys think. So great show. Um, I'm going to keep listening to it, and you guys take care. Bye.
1: I want to know if Alex still feels... um everybody else's pain and and is basically i'm thinking alex is a little empath but i'm wondering if it had something to do with where he was at or if he's still having that
0: it'd be very interesting yeah to to find that i mean something like that usually people who are that way as a child it's who they are it's who they tend to to stay being right as uh, as an adult The projecting thing, I I don't know, that's me coming up with that. Do you think the child was astral projecting himself into his car seat? Do you think it was actually Alex that was doing that? Or do you think there was something else completely at play here? And we're just talking about two different things about they have a very empathetic little kid. And there may have been something else making these sounds.
1: I don't know. And I was almost wondering, I was leaning more towards it being two separate Things going on, yeah. But maybe one was bringing out the other, and vice versa. Like it was just the yeah. right mix with the two, two of them going on.
0: Like kind of feeding off of each other,
1: right? Yeah. And so that's why I was curious after they've moved if they're if Alex is still as empathetic empathetic as he was.
0: I would be so just nervous and anxious if I constantly kept fe- hearing the this the ghost sound of my living child around me I would be always concerned like something had happened to them
1: oh like you were thinking they were a ghost yeah like why am I
0: suddenly hearing my kid when they're not there like what happened why are you how did you get you know but then you get home and they're fine I suppose after a couple times you kind of get used to it but I think the first time I would be like freaking out right you know thinking something happened I, I don't know how, I don't know what, that's just one of those that leaves me completely baffled when yeah. you hear stories like that. We've heard of, like, adults kind of astral projecting themselves into places. It's interesting, I don't think we've ever heard of a baby <laughs> or no. a toddler doing that.
1: No, no, I'm, I'm thinking it had something to do with the house, but only time will tell.
0: Yeah, very interesting story. You can always tell the folks are from Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. There's a very distinct accent. I love that. It sounds like home. <laughs> it also sounds like the Lining Kugel commercials. I thought it was going to be, "Hi, this is Paul. I uh, sell Lining Kugel. I uh, make it up here in Chippewa Valley, <laughs> near Chippewa Falls." That's what it kind of sounded like at first. Yeah, the guy in the Lining Kugel ads. So, anyhow, thank you for uh, for calling in and sharing your story with us. Uh, G writes in, "Hey guys, this is G from South Central Los Angeles. I Shared my story a few months ago of the ghost in the attic. Well, shortly after that experience, I had another." with what I think was a demonic entity. It was Friday night, and I was spending the weekend at my parents' house and fell asleep on the couch in the living room. But I kept waking up due to my little sister and her dog walking around. I remember waking up at least one time to watch my sister finally snuggling herself into the sofa across from me. I scrunched my entire body into the interior of the couch and closed my eyes. It felt like seconds later I felt something take control of my body and straighten it like a board. I couldn't open my eyes but heard snarling, guttural animal noises. Imagine a fierce wolf snapping its jaws inches from your face. I realized I couldn't move and started panicking. I tried to say Jesus, but my tongue refused to move. I started screaming in my mind for Jesus to help me. Then the growling stopped, but I was still paralyzed in this limbo. I started to rock my head back and forth. On the third try, I pushed my head forward with all my might and I woke up. I looked around, but nobody was in the house. I jumped up, searched my sister. She yelled back from outside that she was in the backyard with the dog. The whole thing must have occurred within a ten-minute time frame. My sister said after I curled up and fell back asleep, she got up to go out for a smoke She had a weird feeling to wake me up, but ignored it. My intense terror turned into anger, and I grabbed the bottle of holy water and a crucifix and started praying out loud. I demanded it to leave in the name of Jesus Christ and blessed every single room of the house. Afterwards, I was still shaken up, but I knew I had to do something positive to counteract what had just happened. I had learned that the best way to fight this stuff is to live as positively as you can. So my sister and I decided to create uh, goal books for the new year. The next morning, I woke up early and took the dog out for a walk to clear my head. I started talking to God, asking what had, uh, what had done this to me. In my last letter, I mentioned the story of how my roommate was marked by a demon while stationed on a military base in Okinawa, Japan. I asked God how to show me a red bird, if it was the same entity. I felt it was, but I needed confirmation not even a minute later something red captures my attention from the corner of my eye i walk closer and on someone's lawn was a rubber duck toy with a red tuxedo on my family told me i was dreaming but this did not feel like a dream i hardly ever remember my dreams and they've never been so lucid i've compared my experience with my friends who have also been paralyzed in their sleep but they always described it as a heavy overwhelming pressure on their chest I felt as though I was almost floating straight across in the air. I thought astral projection to be a possibility. Some people believe that every time you sleep, your soul hovers outside of your body. I'm not sure. What do you guys think?
1: I don't know on that one. Do you think it was something demonic?
0: It's honestly, it's, it's in my opinion, difficult to tell. Yeah. There's not a whole lot that then coincides to the the world outside of it. Other than the rubber duck, mm-hmm. um, so I don't know. I mean, I could see that have as being a very vivid dream. A very, I mean, especially if you if you. My thought on that is, he said, "You know, I don't really often remember my dreams all that much." Well, then, when you do remember, it's going to be that much more vivid. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I mean, I'm going to have to you know I, I take their word on it that it was very powerful and that it was, you know, very strong for them. It's just hard to make a correlation then to something else outside of it.
1: Well, I hate to say, Oh, it sounded like sleep paralysis, but I'm thinking it had something to do with trying to fall asleep and being woken up and it, it kind of being in yeah. that in-between state. Yeah. That, but it didn't happen to me. So I don't really know. Yeah, it's
0: It's really, really hard to, To put your finger on it. And sometimes when you have situations like that and you go through that, it's difficult to completely convey everything that happened to you, you know, verbally to someone else. So there I I could see there being a little bit more to the story. Not that they're trying to hold back or anything, just that it just wasn't conveyed enough. You know, because I from what I heard, it does sound logically like it really could have just been some sort of a sleep paralysis state. Yeah. Without much more connected to it. But there was some interesting, you know, things in there about, you know, trying to stay positive and and trying to keep those things out. That I believe is true. Mm-hmm. You know, living a, a positive life and such. So, I don't know, very uh, very interesting. I completely get the fear that he had the when he woke up and thinking sure. something to m- I felt this exact same way when I had my sleep paralysis thing too. Um and to this day I still don't know what ever happened to me, what it was, but You know, anyone can make the argument. I could sit here all day and say, I really think it was something, but it really does kind of fit the whole mold of sleep paralysis as well. So, yeah,
1: Yeah. I
0: don't know. So I'm
1: going to leave it at that. Okay. I don't know.
0: Thank you for writing in, though. 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost story with us. If you like the show, if you listen to us a couple times a week, hey, please consider supporting the show. We'll even give you 30 exclusive bonus episodes for doing that, plus brand new ones every single week sent directly to your inbox. You sign up to be an EPP. That's an extra podcast person on the website. RealGhostStoriesOnline.com is where you can do that. So check that out. Until next time, for Jenny Bruski, I'm Tony Brewski. Thanks for listening to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online.